This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I almost forgot how to do the show in like, the studio. Where, where, hello? You know what the problem is? I did not have the pr- appropriate stuff up in front of me. Like well, that happens. I know, because we haven't been here for a while. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Uh, let's start the show the same way we do every day with the three things we think you need to hear Sounds so like you can be in the know. You are correct. It's the three at 1203. Give me three. You got it. It's the three. I'll need three things. At 1203. That's a magic number. They're going to be talking about three things. It is. It's the magic number. What does it all mean? And here it is behind door number one. Well, um, Saturday night, there's a little show on NBC. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Saturday Night Live. Yeah, you like that show. I do like that show. I'm an appointment viewer. But, uh, you know, it's been in the news a lot lately, mostly because the kickoff of the new season of Saturday Night Live featured the music of Kanye West. An incident occurred at the very end of the show where Kanye West held everybody kind of hostage yeah. while he ranted for a that very long time. Uh, and that made headlines. So, of course, uh, when they do their satirical news program, Weekend Update, they had a moment with Pete Davidson, the cast member of Saturday Night Live, talking about what happened when Kanye West held everybody hostage during his rant. Here's Pete Davidson talking about that. A victim of sexual abuse. Oh, gosh. Hang on. All the clips. A lot at of clips once. all at yeah, once. Yeah, get it. We all forgot how to do this show here. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of people thought Che should be the one to talk about Kanye, but we discussed it, you know, because Che's black, but like I'm crazy, and we both know which side of Kanye is at the wheel right now. <laughs> uh, so, speaking strictly for myself, uh, what Kanye said after he went off the air last week was one of the worst, like, most awkward things I've ever seen here. And I've seen Chevy Chase speak to an intern. <laughs> so Kanye was wearing a MAGA hat. Uh, that's what it's called. It's stupid. Uh, yeah. Like, Kanye is a genius, but like a musical genius. You know, like Joey Chestnut is a hot dog eating genius. You know, but I don't want to hear Joey Chestnut's opinion about things that aren't hot dog related. <laughs> But, like, Kanye, I know you're like, yo, this is the real me. I'm off the meds. <laughs> Take them. <laughs> no shame in the, in the medicine game. I'm on them. It's great. If I ever got on a plane and the pilot said, I just want all you to know, this is the real me flying. <laughs> I'd jump out. <laughs> Being mentally ill is not an excuse to act like a jack. <laughs> okay? I'm quoting my therapist, 
my mom and my mailman. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. So is there anything Kanye can do to win you back? Yeah, uh, there is. And I'll tell you in a way that Kanye understands. I made this. Uh, make Kanye 2006 again. <laughs> And he's wearing a red hat with white lettering that says make Ah, Kanye 2006 again. Um, You know, the thing that I think is interesting is I've paid attention to kind of who has talked about that, what happened on the set of Saturday Night Live when Kanye West was there. Okay. And so far, we've heard a little from Kenan Thompson in an interview where he basically was like, yeah, it was really awkward and you know, as people, as as cast members, we want to make people feel at home. And so we were sort of trying to be there for that, but you know, it, it just was an awkward moment, but that was the most honest I'd really heard somebody really talk about, not just the event of being held by Kanye West's whims, but like breaking it down, but breaking it down to what mm-hmm. this person saw was going on. Yeah, no, it's a hot mess and it's important to call it out. I will say there there's one part of that argument I don't agree with because it it's too easy. And that was the first point that he made about like, I don't want to hear what Joey Chestnut has to say unless it involves a hot dog. Right. I, I don't think that's a fair point. Right. Because honestly, I mean, I get what right. he's doing there, right? Like mm-hmm. I totally get it. It's a joke, but but that's actually, I don't think that's a valid criticism. I think the other two were valid criticisms because um, I actually do care what people think, I, but I get to have an opinion about it. Right. Much like Pete Davidson is having an opinion about Kanye West. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I thought, interesting nonetheless, because again, just the fact that you know Saturday Night Live made the news because of that event and in their commentary on the news, then they became part of the commentary on that. It was just sort of like an interesting circle to see kind of all come back around. Behind door number two, let's see what we've got. Speaking of a circle, I feel like we go around and around with this circle here on the, uh, the Colleen and Bradley show on a regular basis. That's when we're talking about sexual assault, sexual harassment, uh, everything to do with hashtag me too. And um, this one involves Ellen. So number two on the things we need to hear today is Ellen talking a little bit about something serious uh, of a serious nature. Last week, she spoke about sexual abuse and how she herself was a victim. Now, this the context for all of this is in response to uh, an individual mocking Christine Blasey Ford. You remember we were all paying attention to her mm-hmm. before we got stuck in a casino in Shakopee. Yes. By stuck, I mean had like an amazing time. We'll talk about it. Don't worry. We'll get there. But... Um, this conversation we were all having about sexual assault on the at the hands of Christine Blasey Ford, uh, that got Ellen motivated to talk. And let's have a listen to what she said. As a victim of sexual abuse, I, I, I am furious at people who don't believe it and who say, how do you not remember exactly what day it was or what, you know, you don't remember those things. What you remember is what happened to you and where you were and how you feel. That's what you remember. I was 15 years old. I'm not even going to go into the details. It doesn't matter, but we are really vulnerable at that age, and we trust. And then when you are violated, you don't know what to do, and you don't want to. You don't want to say anything because, first of all, you just are wondering how could you know how did this happen? How was I stupid? All these things that you think you could have controlled and you can't. I think anybody who's gone through it right now is watching this. So angry because, you know, how dare you not believe us? So that was Ellen speaking specifically in in context. Um, you know, the president of the United States mocking Christine Blasey Ford. That mm-hmm. got her motivated. Now, the re- we don't normally talk about politics, so it's unusual to hear 
us even bring that up. But when you have Ellen, who is sort of the most apolitical of um, talk show hosts, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Especially in this day and age, um, I think that says something. I think you have to have that conversation. You have to acknowledge that that's that's a big deal. Well, and absolutely. And and I would add a big deal, but it is. is. And I would add that. Sexual abuse, sexual misconduct, sexual violation, sexual assault, all of those things are not partisan issues. Those are not, that is not a political issue. And it's unfortunate that you have to point that out, but it's being used in that way. And, and I that's, think that's what's, what's frustrating. frustrating. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and so when, you know, when Ellen is talking about it, I'm all ears, but yeah. when anybody's talking about it, we should would, all be all ears. I would just like to remind those listening in the audience who might think that that's actually a a, a part of partisan thing. You may remember, oof, we're going to get personal for a moment. Mm. Go with me. I'm with you. When I never there was left. a certain... <laughs> oh, you never left. I know. Me. I'll never I let go. I think you have actually on occasion, but that's <laughs> fine. We'll talk about that during a, one of our meetings. Session. Yeah. Um, no, there, there was a very specific moment last year where uh, a politician from a certain party was actually accused of doing something far less nefarious Mm -hmm. than this particular case. Um, And I thought we were both pretty vocal about how that was inappropriate, not acceptable and Mm -hmm. should result in some consequences. Mm So, yeah, I just think, you know, there are certain people on many different sides of an issue who would like to make it political. You just have to. It doesn't mean you can't talk about. We should be able to talk about what the thing is. Yeah. Like, oh, we can't talk about sexual assault because one party's got yeah. the, the uh, yeah, we're monopoly all, on We're that. all jammed up right now, just on earth. You guys, Breathe we have out, to be y'all. able to talk about stuff, especially when it's as serious as sexual assault. Well, guess what? We're going to keep talking about oh, it. Oh, good. Here's what we have for you I mean, behind door number okay. three. So, Rose McGowan made headlines. Again, now, Rose McGowan is known right now for really being at the forefront of the hashtag MeToo movement, right? She was one of the early, well, she was the kind of standout early accuser of Harvey Weinstein, never backed down from her story. Uh, And regardless of how many, um, you know, how how much Harvey Weinstein and his, his machine tried to take her down and make her seem like she was not fit to be having talks about this. Um, well, Rose McGowan uh, made headlines this weekend because she did an interview where it seemed as though, and this was in the London Sunday Times, uh, it seemed as though she had deemed the Me Too movement bull bleep and uh, that Hollywood's battle against sexual assault in the entertainment industry was only skin deep. Well, she took to Twitter yesterday afternoon to clarify what actually happened uh and among well one of the things she said was she wasn't talking about me too she was talking about time's up two movements that i think get a little bit thrown in the same bucket here she is uh on twitter talking about this hi everybody i'm just here to say that me too is important it's honest and it's our experience it is not a lie For some reason, there are people in the media that will try to bring it down. But I say stand strong. Again, it's simply our shared experience. That is what Me Too is. And it's beautiful. As are we. So she was talking about about Hollywood and the Time's Up movement, not Me Too. Also, can we call out the elephant in the room? 
She sounds like Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, no, the, when you started playing the clip earlier, I was like, uh, well, she sounds like Lindsay Lohan. It's kind of so weird. I'm kind of freaked out by that. Uh, anyway. In any case, yeah, she um, she wanted to clarify those statements. And I will say, when I first saw those headlines that she had said that about the Me Too movement, I thought, well, that is weird. What is going on with her? Um, clarifying it only has shifted the focus to the other movement, but didn't really explain to me why she had these issues with the Time's Up movement. I, You know, here's the thing. This is what I have an issue with. I get why people, sort of these movements have happened, mm-hmm. right? Like they're an obvious reaction to a very serious problem. And it's not to say that all movements are bad or that movements can't produce anything good. But like all we're talking about is these dumb personality battles between individuals in these so-called movements. So like there are legitimate concerns, but like I don't I mean, I guess I'm just saying I think it's a sad place to be. And it probably sounds naive that we need to have movements for obvious behavior like you should not need a movement to point out that sexual abuse and assault is wrong. And the people that have the ability to change behavior should do so. Ha ha. That's naive. Right. Regardless, I worry that very often people just get bogged down on these like back and forth. Like it's a, we're talking about Ozzy Argento. We're talking about um, uh, Rose McGowan. We're talking about Rain we're talking Dove. About the people we're not talking in the about the movement versus it's like they're characters in a reality show. Well, and not only that, we're talking about Harvey Weinstein. We're talking about Bill Cosby and what kind of, you know, souffle he's going to have in prison. And, you know, we're talking about all these sort of like basic things that like who cares can we talk about like what businesses are doing differently to ensure that there is not an institutional opportunity to sexually assault people on a regular basis i mean that's now presumably that's the stuff that the movement wants to address but like we're not talking about that no we're talking about the characters if your movement has become sort of a sideline for certain personalities to get attention perhaps you need to look at what you're Movement is. Yeah. You need to check your movement. Speaking of movement. Elizabeth Reese will be here with a dirt alert after this on My Talk 1071. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Elizabeth Reese has brought the dirt from Hollywood and hey, from her own backyard. Here we go. <laughs> I know. I got all sorts of stuff to deliver. Um, I'm going to start with some stories of the daughters of uh, Vera. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
very important political figures. So mm. Meghan McCain returned to The View. Mm. And this is following the passing oh, of her sure. father, John McCain. She went on uh, The View and insisted that uh, she came back because that is what her father would have wanted her to do. So um, it was emotional. I watched the beginning of it and and her coming in and and it was hard for her to um, even talk about it. Obviously, she was I so emotional. Sure. But I think a lot of it was... Um, she just felt so supported. And yeah. that's a, you know, she's in a challenging seat. I mean, whoever sits in that, and this is regardless of your political views, whoever sits in that lone conservative seat on the view is right. like hammered over and over again. And, and that show I think has shown that certain people can handle it better than others. Right. I think Megan McCain is such a good fit for that spot because she's able to bridge the gap a little bit more. I think because her father was, had such a history of working with people from the other aisle yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a bit of like a universal well, respect for their family. Like her father, she's got sort of that maverick to use an overused yeah. term. Yeah, you know, she does. She's not always in lockstep with one particular uh, political party. Yeah. I will say that I, you'd imagine, I, I think everybody's had sort of a, a, an instance like this in their lives where they had to return to something after a tragic, like personal event. Yeah. And, you know, the hardest part is that first moment. The it's like normal. that new normal. It's yeah. the coming out and acknowledging the elephant in the room and sort of having that moment. And then it's sort of like you start to kind of fall into the pattern again. Yeah. But that first step out is the hardest part. Well, and I can imagine because then you're really that's when you really acknowledge that the person you've lost is gone. Yeah. Because you are moving forward with yeah. your life. Yeah. You know, so thinking of her today, Barbara Bush, who is, of course, um, the daughter of George W. Bush and Laura Bush. And uh, she got married over the weekend in a surprise little ceremony. There were only 20 people there, including her family, including her grandfather, George um, Herbert Walker Bush. Mm Got to keep track of all these. I know. And then everybody has the same name because her name is Barbara, which was the same as her grandmother. She passed away. Yes. Um, But she married uh, Craig Coyne, who is an actor. And um, they have been together for less than a year. And it was just... A surprise I mean, it was a fun w- wedding at Kennebunkport. Yeah. Oh, where was it again? Kennebunkport. Oh, Bradley, did you hear where it was? Yeah, no. Kennebunkport. Yeah. I lo- I could say that, that name a hundred million times. And Bradley's <laughs> like, please stop. Um, no, but I, I really appreciate the fact that like the whole, th- all of this was kept secret. I know. Including the relationship. Really. Yeah. I mean, like it just sort of. No one really knew that this was happening. Nowhere. Which, and, and, her, you know, contrary to Barbara's sister, Jenna Bush Hager, who is on the Today Show, who's very open about her relationship with her husband and her children. I mean, she posts about stuff all the time. And I've always sort of wondered with Barbara, um, you know, what was going on in her personal life because we didn't see much about it. And so I think this was really sweet. And I love, I love people when they have like a surprise wedding. I like when it's kind of like a, you know, you know, your situation. Now I'm not talking about like Haley Baldwin and Justin Bieber because they're too young to know, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just made a judgment. I mean, Barbara Bush is 36 years old. It's sort of like when you've been dating for a long time, you dated other people than it is. Right. You know, you're like TikTok. Here we go. I know. I have a friend who got engaged and then got pregnant. And then people keep saying, are you getting married because you're pregnant? And she said, no, we got pregnant because we're getting married. Uh (laughs) Listen, you know, know. when you know, you know, Um, speaking of engagements, Taylor Kinney and Lady Gaga's engagement ended in 2016. 
but he's very proud of her. He said, um, I could not be more proud. He was asked about her role in A Star is Born. Well, that's lovely of him. Yeah. To say kind things. Did we expect him to be like, you know, she's a... He did say, um, I know what went into it. It's been a long time coming. It's been years. So he said, but I think I know in my heart it's going to be great. And I know Mm. she gave her all. Mm. That's nice. (laughs) John Mayer is... um, I think saying something that a lot of people are happy that he's saying. And oh, John your Mayer, body's a wonderland. Yeah, he doesn't always <laughs> say things that we love. Remember when he called um, oh, Jessica Simpson sexual, sexual napalm? napalm? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he now wants to uh, get rid of the idea that men must be alpha males. He was doing a cancer benefit show on Sunday night, and he went off on this tangent about toxic masculinity, saying that it's a bleep bleep alpha male contract that's nailed into boys' head from a young age. And um, he says that we have been just kind of in this culture, men are trained to believe that they are. It's like a bit of a trauma if they are turned down by a woman mm-hmm. and it's something men have to get over. I like this idea of men speaking up about how that they would like to define it, yeah. masculinity oh, going yeah. forward yeah. and having honest conversations about how it hasn't been great and we should raise boys better next it's time. toxic for men and it's toxic it totally for women is, so. and so that thank you john Mayer. way to go your body is a wonderland your body john. is a wonderland His mouth is anyway when we come back we need somebody to play our 30 second pop culture challenge 651 30 seconds five questions get them all right you'll win a- me to the car we're gonna give you 30 seconds to answer five pop culture questions we do it every day on the colleen and bradley show on my talk 1071 streaming live at my talk 1071.com Everything entertainment. We do it at 1230. It's called the 30 Second Pop Culture Challenge. 30 Second Pop Culture Challenge. Who's playing today, Colleen? We've got Riley on the line. And Bradley, who is Riley, Riley playing Riley, for? Riley, Riley, you are taking a game. <laughs> what? You, you are, are taking, taking a, a game. You are playing for a MyTalk stocking cap for the winter months ahead. Are you ready, Riley? I'm ready. All right. The timer will begin after I ask the first question. Here we go. Actress Maureen McCormick played which character on The Brady Bunch? Uh... Marsha. Peter Parker is the real name of which superhero? Spider-Man. Tall, grande, and venti are sizes at what restaurant? Starbucks. Freddy Krueger is the baddie in what film series? A Nightmare on Elm Street. Actress Jodie Whittaker made her debut as which British sci-fi character over the weekend? Uh, Doctor Who? Congratulations! You won the 30 Second Pop Culture Challenge. And she got that My Talk stocking that cap for the winter months ahead. All right. Well, congratulations to head. Riley. And if you would like to play the 30 Second Pop Culture Challenge, well, you will have another opportunity tomorrow at 1230 to play the game. Now that we're done with that, we can move on to solve some mysteries. And we do that in the form of blind items that Holly has brought in this segment we call Blinded by the Item. Our first blind item from crazydaysandnights.net is a confirmed blind item. Let's just do a confirmed blind item right off the bat. Meaning that the website crazydaysandnights.net has confirmed the identity of the subject of this following blind item that is about a former C-list rapper celebrity reality star with A-list name recognition. So one person we got to think about in this blind item. This former C-list rapper, celebrity, reality star with A-list name recognition already put in an order for a new boat 
Not exactly what he was supposed to spend that boost up of family income on. Huh. Is that vanilla ice? Uh, no. Okay. See, family income. Family income makes me feel like it's somebody who's got a kid in the business. Well, they don't have a kid in the business, but they were in the business. And uh, this person has received a family income boost as of recent. Oh, oh, Kevin Federline. Popo Popo Zow. Yes. All right. Here's your blind item revealed. Popo Zow. Popo Popo Wow. (laughs) Nice one. Kevin Federline already put in an order for a new boat. Not exactly what he was supposed to spend that boost up a family income on. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because he just got a, hit, uh, a big increase in his alimony. He just well, got, actually, it was child support, I think. But. He said, yeah. baby, baby, one more time, and she did. Hey, ho. Wow, you are still on fire. <laughs> Go. Trust me, I'm not on fire yet. Okay. What? Oh, well, I'm just get the t- fire extinguisher I'm a, out. I'm tired. <laughs> Go on. All right. All right, let's do another blind item from crazydaysandnights.net. This having to do with a former MTV star. A former MTV star, the subject of this blind item from crazydaysandnights.net. Why, yes, that was this former MTV star out of town this weekend being pawed by an old man and his son. She was all in, all in though, for that money and the chance to be seen after the deed was done on television during a big event previously mentioned today. Oh this God, event so much. happening hmm. over the weekend. There was an event happening this weekend where she was getting pawed by an old dude and his kid. Mm-hmm. Former MTV oh, star. Um, okay, wait. Was this... Was the main event the, the fight that happened... The McGregor fight? Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, I didn't pay attention to any of that, so. Um, Is it like a Snooki? No. (laughs) Was it a Jersey Shore style celebrity? No, it was uh, somebody who is a frequent flyer of the Colleen Bradley show. Um, A frequent flyer. From MTV? She has been on this show several times. She used to be on MTV. Keep in mind. Yeah. Oh. Except for the... Uh, she was VH1. Is it Sarah Abra- Teen Mom, Colleen? Oh, that is MTV. Sorry, I'm. S- Hello again. Are you on fire? <laughs> She's on fire. No, see yeah. the fire's out. The f- yes, MTV. Yeah. Oh, and it's a steaming pile of something over there. All right, let me fill yeah, in the she- blank for you. Why? Yes, that was Farah Abraham this weekend being pawed by an old man and his son. Farah was all in though for that money and the chance to be seen after the deed was done on television during the big McGregor fight. Khabib fight over the weekend. Is she? And headline from TMZ from yesterday, Farrah Abraham, I got caught in the middle of Khabib attack. Of course she did. Because there That's was a because fight. That's because she was running towards it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I don't think you get to be caught in the middle when you're, you know... Starting like, it. I was in that horrible fire. Uh, that's because you were running into the fire, because you said it, girl. Yeah. Girl. Girl. Okay. Okay. Let's All move right. on. One more. Ah, uh, confirmed blind item from crazydaysandnights.net, meaning we know the identity of the subject of this blind item that was published late last month, uh, or at least the time was attributed to there. So let's think about a woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's, that's really that's all really woman. all you get is a woman. Okay. There's a location connected to this blind item, but we'll get to that shortly. So 
sit back and listen to this. She wasn't paid to go yachting while she was in the country famous for it. So think about a country famous for yachting. That doesn't mean she didn't have a line of suitors all eager to replace her last boyfriend. The stories he told about her were legendary, which is why he tried so hard to win her back. Once you get on her bad side, though, there is no coming back from it, at least intimately. Huh. So when you say woman, we get no indication of who she is. Not really. The blind item doesn't give you that. However, I will tell you that she is an A-list singer. An A-list singer. No. Now think about somebody who would be so big that they would go to this place and they wouldn't even have to do any yachting. But however, because she's so big and famous, however, she was propositioned many times because of her legendary status with a former boyfriend. So it wasn't Taylor Swift. No, not Taylor Swift. Is she old? No, she's not old. I would say she's 30 at the most. Oh. Um, what country? France? What? Is it France? France? <laughs> no, it's not France. <laughs> France? Uh, no, it's a little uh, east of France. Um, is it in the Caribbean? No, east of France, not oh, west. Oh, east of France. Oh, is she a Rusky? No. A pole? No. No, think even more east. A little oh, south, a little Fon east. Bing Bing? No, it's not Fon Bing Bing. <laughs> Is that too no. far east? Yeah, that's too far east. Got to bring it back a little bit. I'm this place has a, it's known for its shopping centers, tall buildings, Dubai. and artificial islands. They but I'm trying it. to think of like the, I, I'm, I'm going more along the lines of the last boyfriend. We don't know. Who we, told stories about her we, and tried to win her back. Sure. Now, she was photographed with this guy several times. He's rich, but he's not famous however this woman she she married no she's not but she has made fortunes from singing she also has a beauty line that is very popular oh rihanna thank you that's why i said east because i was thinking caribbean that's rihanna that's west of france though i know but i was thinking of rihanna anyway (laughs) okay let me fill in the blank for you was it drake maybe that was the no okay the guy okay the guy. Yeah, here's okay, your blind item filled in. Rihanna wasn't paid to go yachting while she was in Dubai. That doesn't mean Rihanna didn't have a line of suitors all eager to replace her last boyfriend. The stories he told about Rihanna were legendary, which is why he tried so hard to win her back. Once you get on Rihanna's bad side, though, there's no coming back from it, at least intimately. Okay, which I would argue that because remember that she and Chris Brown broke up because of the infamous incident and then do you remember she took him back yeah for a period of time but maybe he wasn't on her bad side i don't know yeah and the ex-boyfriend is hassan jamil okay they broke up earlier this year well all right wow 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 Wow. well when we come back on the thank you by the way holly for those delicious blind items when we come back uh we did a little thing over the weekend on uh friday you may have heard of it yeah, it was called Project Down and Dirty oh Comedy. Oh my God, I forgot we did that already. We did do that already. Whoa. Now, we haven't talked to you, our listeners, my talkers, since the main event. Yeah, no, the last time we talked to you, we, we were like full of nerves and ready to doo-doo on our pants. And now we're done. Done. Doo-dooing on We've our pants. done done it. So we are going to tell you what happened happened after this on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 107.1. So when we talked to you on Friday at this time, we were just a bunch of bundles of nerves. 
on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, Holly Roberts, the three of us, along with the other nine uh, hosts and producers on My Talk 1071, getting ready to take the stage at Mystic Lake Casino for Project Down and Dirty Comedy on Friday at this time. Now we are on the other side of that event. And, uh, you know, we, it kind of is important after you've had a, a major experience like that to process it aloud well, and sure, share our stories. You know, a lot of listeners didn't get a chance to come. Uh, they didn't get to see the performance. I'm sure a lot of them had questions. What's it like to be, you know, um, sort of put into this bubble world for three and a half days. Like what does that experience feel like mm-hmm. then? Not everybody, you know, I was sharing with friends after the fact, like I said, you know what, this is going to sound real debaggy, and I, I don't know how else to say it, but I hope that at some point in your life, you have the chance to sit on stage in front of 2000 people who like you. Yeah. And I don't mean that in like a, you really like me, yeah. but you know, Performers go out onto a stage, especially comedy performers, not knowing what they're going to get in response. Mm-hmm. Our listeners love my talk so much that we could have like lit our hair on fire and doo-dooed on stage live and they would have been, you know, totally fine with it. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is um, the love that we just felt on stage was such a tremendous thing. Like I want everyone to have that feeling because it felt amazing. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. Uh, and you know, um, I don't think I was, uh, prepared for what 2,100 people looked like and sounded did you see like people. Cause I no. did not even see people. I literally remember just being like, there's lights up there. Keep looking at the lights. It looks like, okay. So this is how I would describe it. Um, because, Oh man, it's the, I had seen that theater with empty seats. We'd been working in that theater for days as we got ready to do this comedy show at Mystic Lake Casino. We had been, we'd been, um, exposed to the empty seats full of people or, you know, absent of people. So I knew what that room looked like. But when we got out on stage that night, it was like looking into a black hole that laughed at you. Yeah. Or that like, you right. know, made sounds at you. Right? Exactly. But it was, it looked like just a, a wall of black that had, that would react. It was crazy and also awesome and also less intimidating because we couldn't really see. Every once in a while they'd pop on the lights for a reason to like get a suggestion from the audience and I would try to drink in all of those bodies and what that meant. So what, thinking about, um, we're talking about Project Down and Dirty, what that experience was like. We're, we're going to talk about different aspects of what um, Project Down and Dirty, the whole experience was like right now. We're just going to focus on kind of what our own reactions were in that moment. So if we sound a little, you know, uh, self-absorbed, fine. Um, but I'm curious, like what, what were you feeling going into the experience? What did you feel during the experience? And then what, what was your experience after? Maybe let's just start with what, what, how would you felt going into and up to the moment before you were on stage last week? So I have always, this is something I know about myself when I'm feeling anxious or worried or concerned or out of control. I go inside Versus a lot of other people get chatty, need like a people around them. I need like silence and no noise, which makes me look to our coworkers and our friends like I'm a big B word. 
but but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm aware of that because I I just like had to insulate myself because I was terrified. I was really scared. I was nervous. I was afraid I was going to forget things. I was afraid that I was going to not know where I was supposed to go when or like we would be doing one improv exercise and I wouldn't remember what it was. And I would just like, I don't know what I w- was not even I was just try. I just have to like go inside. So I, I that was sort of how I was approaching it. How about you? So then, well, I'll, we'll get there. But okay. I want to take you. So, OK, so you're nervous. And uh-huh. then how do you feel when you're actually on stage? It's like an out of body experience. Like I'm in there and I'm paying attention, but I can't like experience it fully so your experience you did for those of you who don't know colleen actually did one of the stand-up routines and so you had um like just a a few minutes to work on this act that you'd been working on for you know days days yeah um what was like so walk me through your mental you know you're walking out on the stage Uh what happens well i had written on my hand each of the points that I had written that I had known for my act. Right. So that like, you know, first you do this little bit, then you do this little bit. So I'd written it all in my hand because I was so scared that I would even just forget what my opening line was because every, the opening line was what set the stage for everything. So I'm walking out there and I'm I am saying it in my head over and over and over again until I get to the microphone. Let me tell you, that was the longest walk of my life. Oh, I'm sure. I get to the microphone, I spit that out, and then it was like I was on a roller coaster and I couldn't like couldn't see the end of it. It just was like everything started falling out of my mouth. Um in the way that I had practiced it in my head, in the way that I had visualized it. But this time there was laughter coming back from a crowd of people and trying to like process what that meant, how to not talk too early. How to it, it? I can't even put to words again. And then looking at a black hole that is laughing back at you is bizarre. Um, but it felt amazing. I felt energized. And as I walked off the stage, so so here's the after. I was relieved, and I also have no idea what happened. Yeah. I think that's a common experience, right? Like that just my my brain wiped clean after that. Yeah. And people would comment on particular things. And I was like, I have no idea what that was like. I don't um, know what happened out there. What about you? Um, well, first, I just want to say you did a great job. Well, I think you, you accomplished everything that you wanted to. And that was clear. You didn't seem like you were hung up on anything. You got through all of your jokes. They were real jokes. Like you were telling real relatable stuff that the audience obviously loved. Um Okay, what was I going to say? You. So, um, th- I very much a similar experience. I am a I withdraw into myself whenever I'm nervous or unsure, and then I have a I have to sort of get my head in a place that I can then go on stage and actually not think about all those things. And I will say there is something maybe because we've done this enough now um, in the project down and dirty experience, which is what we're talking about. If you're just joining us, that. I know once we get on that stage, we are going to be okay. Right. And that it, everything from that moment on, you will have no control over. And really, once we get that first crowd response, everything, there was like this huge weight lifted. Right. Because you have all this tension and you're like, rationally, I know it's dumb to have this tension because right. none of this really matters. I mean, in the grand scheme, I want people to be happy. I don't want people to, you know, like I want people to enjoy themselves. I want to be funny, right? Like I want to do all the right things. I don't want to let my teammates down our fellow coworkers, all of that stuff. So that maybe explains a certain amount of the tension, but you know, 
rationally I'm saying it doesn't matter. You you can just do whatever you want. You'll be fine. Yeah. But it doesn't really mean anything until, um, you know, you're standing there and suddenly, you know, the audience responds and you're like, okay, we're going to be, we're going to be okay. And then you can, there's just a certain amount of it that is fun. Yeah. Right. Like you can actually enjoy the moment and the audience could not have made, you know, that much more um, enjoyable. So so true. Thank you for that. Thank you, our my talkers for that. And then you probably don't remember anything that happened on stage either, Bradley, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we'll be looking forward to hopefully someday seeing a video of it so we can know what we did. Um, No, I will never look at it. Really? Oh, Oh, man. Okay. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, our our friend Doug Melrose from Justice Health, the Minnesota AIDS Walk, he'll be joining us on My Talk 1071.